So I was reading this um, earlier today, too, on Shaka Smart talking about the Tyler Kolick injury. Uh, and he did confirm he injured a muscle in his oblique. He said he doesn't know uh, as far as a timetable exactly when he'll be back. Uh, he didn't do anything yesterday at practice. Uh, he said, and I don't think this is a, a surprise to anybody, he said, Tyler's guy, I promise you this, as soon as he's available and he's physically capable of coming back, he will be back. But at the same time, he tried to come back in the game. After he sustained that injury, it was just too painful to play. We want to make sure we get that right for him. And right now, they're still figuring out what the right course of action is in terms of I wouldn't expect to see him the more. short term. I, I kind of don't. Not either. with something like that. And well, nor do I want them to force it. It has nothing to do with the fact that, well, of course you don't want them to play because they're playing at Creighton. It has right. nothing to do with that. I, I want all the teams to be healthy and, and have their fair shot, and, and I think Creighton's good enough to beat a fully healthy yeah, Marquette. So that, that's not even a... You're the defending part. Big East player of the year, too. There's there's a, obviously a significant impact of what he can do. You want to take care of the kid. Now, watching the injury, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it, it's it's really something I that actually was... actually watched that game, yes. It was kind of a nothing thing where he's coming up the floor... Like our backs. And yeah. He's coming up the floor. There's a little bit of pressure. And this is like right before the 16-minute media in the first half. He launches like a, a one-handed pass. He's he's a lefty with his left hand. And that's where he kind of, you could tell, starts to sort of favor that left side. And so it wasn't like he was in motion, you know, trying to drive in the paint or, you know, was putting up a contested shot, and all of a sudden it was, you know, like some violent body action. It was just kind of a, a freak thing. So, again, I I have my doubts that you see him tomorrow. We'll see. It sounds like just based on and trying to read between the lines of what Shaka Smart said yesterday. I just think that it is probably if you were to put a status on him without going as far as saying he's out, I would say he's doubtful. We've seen people that have been listed as doubtful end up being able to play. But I would say that, that's just kind of the way I read it. I think they are erring on the side of caution, and I think that's the right way to go. Uh, going to our stream, we are talking more about Nebraska's loss last night to Ohio State. Uh, Davis brings this up in the game. Uh, David, I'm sorry, not Davis. David brings this up, says, when you only score two in the last three, 57 of the first half, um... I'm sorry. Let me do that again. When you only scored two in the last 357 of the first half, uh, 413 of the start of the second half, and two points in the last 357 of the game, it's a tough night. That's 25% of the 40-minute game. The, the shooting was woeful. And, and to, to David's point, if you look at the shot selection based on what was there, even with shots that they weren't making in the paint, but what was available to them pretty much the entire night, it was very discouraging because this this wasn't a game that it was like in blowoutsville. Like this wasn't a game where all of a sudden with eight minutes to go, you're trying to overcome a 30-point deficit or a 20-point deficit where you just have to launch and launch and launch and hope all of a sudden you catch fire there were still points to be had in the paint. And here's the other thing about the, the uh, foul discrepancy, which, again, was a, an eye-opening stat. If you didn't realize it, we talked about this in the 6 o'clock hour, if you didn't realize it, Nebraska went to the free-throw line eight times in last night's game. <laughs> 
I can tell you this. Ronnie Gale Jr. himself went to the free throw line eight times in the first half. Ohio State went to the free throw line 28 times to Nebraska's eight. Ohio State had 24 points of the charity stripe compared to Nebraska's seven. That discrepancy right there is major in a nine-point game, obviously. But this also wasn't a, well, the officials were, were awful. Brian Dorsey, my gosh, what were you doing? No, no, no. What this was was Nebraska's inability to get to the rim and to draw contact. Even Fred last night said his team was too jumpy. They were undisciplined with their feet. It was a, a, it was a surprise to Fred. There was at no point did Fred say, boy, we were getting jobbed, or boy, that discrepancy says a lot. I don't need to comment much. He didn't go there at all. He was disappointed with how undisciplined his team was. There were a few, again, I, I brought up the Josiah Alec where it looked like he maybe got all ball. But the bottom line is I think the officials were calling things in the paint. And that's even more frustrating that Nebraska wasn't trying to finish in the paint, try to get into the paint where they had an advantage. At one point, they had 16 points to Ohio State's two points in the paint. And then all of a sudden, you're settling for these quick shots, long-range shots, as opposed to trying to take it inside and get yourself to the free throw line. Get some of the Ohio State players in foul trouble. Not one Ohio State player had more than two fouls. And it's not because the officials were just swallowing their whistle on that on that end. No, Nebraska didn't force the issue. It was very, very frustrating. Very frustrating because there were calls to be had. There were moments that Nebraska could have got themselves on the free throw line a lot more. But they didn't they just got away from that. And based on what I heard from Fred after the game last night, that was a sort major source of frustration, and it should be. It just that's the one thing about this team that tends to drive me crazy, especially when they're kind of fighting it, when they're fighting a deficit, is their shot selection and the time in which they take those shots, where you would think that they're they're getting the possession with five seconds on the shot clock that they got to get one pass off and just launch something, whether there's a hand in the face or not. It just a lot of, lot of frustrating moments from that game last night. Uh, when we return, mentioned the uh, ESPN game day going to be in Iowa City this weekend. Uh, one part about what Caitlin Clark is on the verge of that I did want to get into when it comes to the Pistol Pete uh, record that she is 19 points away. Uh, we'll get to that. Also, going to be previewing today's semifinals out in all classes in Lincoln for the NSAA Girls State Basketball Tournament. Mike Patterson covering that for the Omaha World Herald. He will join us, and then we'll get back into the Nebraska basketball conversation with Wilson Moore uh, at 8.30. That's all still ahead here on 1620 The Zone.